Hello there, he's back. The man, the myth, the legend, the chocolate milk connoisseur, the king, Michael versus King the Kemper, the, the heir apparent of the Kemper, the, the profiler of all worlds, H.W. Please, please calm down. I know, I know there could be other people around you trying to listen to the podcast. Let's just be respectful. Right? Let's, let's keep it down. HW, where you been? Man, I got so many emails. HW, what happened? What happened? You ended it. It was like episode 84. What is this? Is this episode 85? Yep, this is going to be episode 85. And it's the return. The return of the... Of the... Something. The return of the HW. And I just... Um, I just... Man, it's been... We didn't do a podcast since May. You know, and, uh, but it's back now and I'm building a podcast room in the next room. So there's going to be a full podcast studio set up. I'm going to have a co-host, uh, kind of thing coming in here and, uh, we're going to just have some conversations about stuff. We're going to do a segment on tone, every podcast, uh, and then just get into wherever I feel like going. And then we're going to, uh, uh, have some, some more guests. We're going to go back to having Michael Britt on the podcast. I'm going to call him up, uh, uh, my buddy, uh, Stu G. We're going to have some people on the podcast, which I'm really excited about. But HW, where have you been? Everybody wants to know. Well, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about uh, my new favorite coffee. We're going to talk about um, uh, Tesla. We're going to talk about dogs. Why I think we're tr- dogs are getting the short end of the stick. No pun intended. <laughs> Look, I want to make this quick. Where have you been? Why did you stop doing the podcast? Look, this was my whole thing. We got to a tone uh, in the world where I felt I had some concern about being canceled. And because I want to say things that um, I really feel strongly about. So I'm just going to lay out really quick in a two minute thing. Here's my position. And um, uh, I had some people already just reach out. And I just felt like, I got to be honest, I felt some underlying hostility to whenever people would ask me, what's Tone Junkie's uh, statement going to be on George Floyd? What's Tone Junkie's going to be on this? I didn't feel like it was coming from a kind place. I really didn't. I think... I really did at some level think people were just like trying to like be there to be like, well, what are you going to do? And I just, it didn't feel good, man. And so I just thought, you know, I have some very nuanced thoughts about things because I think the whole world is basically being gaslit right now on both sides, the right and the left. There's a whole just, it's just a thing right now going on where, you know, it's like there's very obvious things like right and wrong can be, is, is not really hard to get right. When you're hurting people, it's not hard to get that wrong. Um, so, but there's just all this weird justification and there's just like, well, no, it's, you know, so I'm going to give you two things, the two reasons I don't know who I'm going to vote for. And then I'm going to move on past this. I'm going to tell you why here's just two options. You can cancel me for both of these if you want. Um, I, I am not like on the right or the left. Uh, I was a libertarian for a lot of years and I feel, um, and I, I think largely my opinion is that's a really fun thought experiment. And I like some of those ideals. Um, I don't think in practice though, I want a, like a, like a, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. It's, it's something that I've read some books, thought some things aloud. Thought, I think I think like this, uh, but at the end of the day, I'm not, you know, I never really get enthused if they're candidate. You know what I mean? It's hard to get behind somebody. So I'm going to give you two things. Uh, I'm probably not just, I'm just probably not voting because I don't know who to vote for. I have a moral qualm and that's this. I have, I don't care about immigration policy. 
I'm not advocating that we build a wall or don't build a wall or that we open the border or don't open the border. I'm not talking about any of that stuff. But me as a decent person, I just, I have read enough and seen enough and I disagree with our policy of breaking up family units at the border. I think above all things, when a family unit shows up, we should house them and make them go through whatever process we decide. If we open the border, cool. If we build a wall and then we grab people, if you're trying to send them back, I don't know. But I think that when they're in our custody, we need to treat people with the absolute respect. And we need to understand that there could be criminals, but there also could be people here who are escaping violence and need political asylum. And this country has a foundation of, uh, uh, we, we are found, one of the founding principles that the Constitution is, is written with is, um, uh, this is not in the Constitution, but it is in the Federalist Papers, and it's a quote, um, and I believe it's John Adams, I would rather a thousand guilty men go free than one innocent man uh, be, be like wrongfully convicted or, or, or be found guilty, um, go to jail or something. The thing, though, about that is I just want to point out that um, I know that's not law. It's not canon, so to speak. It's not in the Constitution. It's not, it's not, it's not an actual law. Um, but I think it's a good principle. And so I would like to just propose something to the world. South Korea and North Korea fought a war not that long ago. North Korea and South Korea still could end up in another war. There's a lot of hostility. There's a DM, the demilitarized zone. Okay. No, you, you can't bring a gun in there. It's a whole thing, right? There, it, everyone's watching it, waiting for someone to cross the border. It's a whole thing. North Korea has people that jump the border and escape. And you know what South Korea does? Because they're worried about them being dangerous. They're worried about them being spies. They look at North Koreans and they say, listen, we're going to trust that you're who you say you are, but we need to make sure. So we're not letting you go. And if you are who you say you are, we need to help you understand how this country works and how this society works. Cause we're not allowed to just let you go. We, you got to learn some stuff. So they learn very practical stuff because North Korea and South Korea have very different things. Like they learn how to take a bus and where to go and what like, common etiquette is for like shaking hands because they have di- post uh, Korean war. They actually have very different customs now and everyday life. And they have to learn how to like get on public transit and like, well, why, how do I cross the street and how do I get a job and where do I go for food? Because they don't have the same like groceries. Like it's a whole thing. What's a cell phone? What's the internet? They got to teach them this stuff. But while they're kind of putting them through this training, this classroom thing, they are housed in not prisons, hotels. They're housed in hotels. There's a place they go eat. They're treated with respect. They're treated like citizens in training. So I'm not even suggesting we need to train people, but just that we need to view these people coming at us as, hey, these are people who may really need help in the process of, of, Helping them understand like, well, what job skill do you have? Do you have family somewhere? How can we, like, what's your level of education? Maybe we should, well, you're going to need to pass a citizenship test. Let's get you educated in American history and these things. And let me let you take a class and, oh my gosh, you've got kids here and they, you've been escaping. Like we need to get a doctor to you and make sure you, you, you are healthy. And also your kids are going to need to learn like, do you know English that you're really going to need to learn that if you're going to be here. And while we're doing that, we also can go through whatever system where we decide if we can let you in or not. 
Or we can also go through a system where we decide, are you a criminal or not? And we can also go through a thing where we decide, uh, do you, are you going to get citizen and citizenship or, or can you work towards it? Or, and, and are you a person that's facing eminent danger back in your home country, which may or may not be Mexico? So I say all that to say there is a humane and inhumane way to treat people. And I don't care what the border policy is. I really don't. I acknowledge two things. I acknowledge that America is great and that we, uh, in California, um, uh, there's actually a labor shortage in farms and stuff and everything. Like, so we need like, we need migrant workers. We need people to migrate in work and then migrate out. Um, and they're currently using buses to do that. I also acknowledge that if you're going to have, um, free healthcare and, and super subsidized programs and everything, you can't have an open border or else you're, or else like there's only a finite amount of money. So if everyone takes advantage of that, of that free system, everyone, that means there's less money per person. So you, so the quality of the care will go. So you have these competing ideas and I'm, I don't care about them really. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm not on one side or the other. I'm open for them being decided in the public debate. But I think what's not up for the public debate is that we treat people humanely. And so the idea that we separate people and then we say, well, they're a criminal. I think this is inhumane. I think this is unjust. And um, I don't give a cop out to the current president because uh, they say, well, this is a policy under Obama. Well, guess what? I didn't vote for Obama either. I'm not for this policy under Obama. I'm not for this policy under Donald Trump. And I wish it wouldn't be a policy. I wish the policy would be whether we build a wall or not, not whether we treat people this way. And this is nothing but people politicking and they know it riles up their base. I don't think Donald Trump... um, you know, has some vested interest in making sure that families are separated. I think he's taking a very hard-nosed response, and I think it's one that uh, is morally not one I wish anyone were taking. And I wish as America we could sit up and go, we might disagree on how to, how, to, how to treat people at the border, but we shouldn't disagree on what it means to keep a family together because God forbid were I ever escaping my country with my family, I would hope that I could go to Canada and that they would at least, whatever process they put us through, they could put us in some cheap hotel room, some bad, you know, roach infested apartment. But my God, if they separated from me, from my family, I would immediately regret being there. And I'd go, I'd go, never mind, never mind. Just let me go back. Just let me go back. I'm sorry. Just give me my kid. Let me go back. And if that's not you, you got a real problem, bro. That's the truth. If you want to say, well, it wasn't his fault. It's not his fault. It was the previous president. Okay. But I mean, he's got the power to change it now. So we got to hold people accountable for that. Okay. And if that means I'm not a good American and I'm a leftist, whatever. Okay. That means that, but guess what? I'm not a leftist. Cause you know, the other thing I disagree with, I disagree with violence. I disagree with violence in American city that burns down people's homes and businesses. I disagree with shooting. I disagree with unrest. I disagree with people who show up at the cover of night and cause unrest and violence and havoc in American cities because I believe in the right to protest. I believe in, I believe there's a problem in policing. I believe there are problems. And that if we have people in this country who feel that their lives don't matter. They feel they're being targeted. You can argue on the statistics, how much they're being targeted, blah, blah, blah. But we need to address that. And we need to address their concerns. And we need leadership that looks at them and says, I'm not against you. I see you. What are your concerns? Let's talk about it. And does anyone have some ideas how to fix this? I can't help but notice that today in America, we have no legislation trying to fix any of the problems. We say the problems are systemic, But the people who have the power to change systems, which are Democrats and Republicans, we have no, we have no legislation 
There was a there was something called the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Where is the Act of 2020? I I don't I don't no one's drawn it up, and that that leads me to believe we have a real problem in this country where I don't think the protests that think they're being they're advancing some movement are being effective in advancing that movement. I think they're heavily infiltrated by people who want to cause violence. And they're, if if you're a person who only waits till the cover of night to protest and you bring a Molotov cocktail, guess what? Whoever brings that Molotov cocktail should be arrested on the spot. There is no peaceful use for a Molotov cocktail in any situation. A bottle filled with gasoline cannot be, you can't drink it. You're not filling up a car. You didn't run out of gas. <laughs> I'm not talking about that Kyle kid or whatever. I'm, there's there's dozens and dozens of of videos of Molotov cocktails being thrown, and a lot of times they they get thrown at the wrong people, and that's what I'm saying. There's this indiscriminate violence. Violence is wrong. Burning down other people's buildings are wrong. If you'd like to protest, you should have. I you absolutely. I'm a libertarian at heart. You have the right to protest and and and. Uh, and and uh, petition the government for an airing of your grievances. Go to the cap. Listen, Egypt had a switch in their government. Hundreds of thousands of people showed up at the capital and they sat down. And that was it. There would be no Cairo. They weren't getting up. They were sitting down. And here was the thing. They just sat. And the president had a choice. I could clear them out. And if I do, this whole country will rise up against me. If I go for these peaceful people who have just shown up, they showed up and they just sat down. If I let the, if I let the military that I control loose, there will be a civil war in Egypt. But none of those people picked up cocktails. They didn't burn buildings down because as soon as you do that, you give the authoritarian power that you claim is there uh, the excuse to come and use violence against you. Go to the White House and sit. Go on a hunger strike. You want to change America? Go on a hunger strike in front of the White House. Don't leave. Just don't leave. Just sit down. Don't do anything. Just go, we're not happy. We want change. But I can't get behind. I can't get behind it. I can't get behind the violence. I can't get behind. And and, and I'm not, again, I'm not talking about a particular shooter. There has been dozens and dozens of discharging, accidental discharges of weapons at these things. Um, there have been dozens, people hitting, it's just, you're not helping anybody. You know, that zone in Seattle they set up and then there was all this violence. It was a murder. There were murders in there, there, but there was countless video of people abusing other people. I'm not for violence. I'm for humanity. I'm for people sticking up for other people and treating people with respect. So I don't know where my political home is. And I'm not willing to give anyone a cop out. I'm not willing to say, well, they broke the law, so we shouldn't treat them humanely. Nope. Maybe they broke a law, so let them go through some system, but always treat them humanely. Oh, uh, well, they're killing people in the streets, so violence is the voice of the oppressed. Go read Martin Luther King, you idiot. Go ahead. He had some very strong words. 
And he had a, as me, he had some very strong words for the state of America, which a lot of people grab and take out of context. See, he was more of a revolutionary. See, he really, but you've watered down his message. Go read what he says about violence and nonviolence. So that's it. I don't know what to do. And I, and I think we're back at a tone where I can say that, but for all these months, I didn't want to say it. I just didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say, I think the whole world is crazy and I didn't want to get canceled and I go on these tangents. So if you're going, this is the Tone Junkie podcast, why is he talking about politics? Well, that's why I went away, you know? So I apologize if that rubs you the wrong way. I don't know what to say. I'm just a guy trying to figure out how to be a good person in the world, how to raise my children well. And when I put myself in the position of the people at the border or at the, in the position of people in this country who feel their lives don't matter or at the position of people whose homes are burned down. And I can't help but notice a lot of the neighborhoods the protests are happening in are, are not the richer neighborhoods. They're not the, it's people who go from another place, travel to a certain place, and they go cause havoc there. And then and then it's usually the people who were already dealing with, with violence and crime and police violence who then have to deal with the aftermath the next morning of the protest. If, if your agenda is we separate families and, uh, we don't, we, 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 they're criminals charge them all to people who may be seeking asylum. Nah, bro. Ain't down with you. And if your, uh, opinion is, um, well, we got to, we got to, you know, we got to burn places down to send a message and it was worth it to bring that down and just, just let them call the insurance company. Nah, bro. I ain't down with you. I ain't down with you. Burn down your own house. And then you get the insurance money. Oh, wait. Yeah. They'll still, they won't cover you. <laughs> it's just, what? I'm, I'm just not for criminality. I'm just not for being mean. How's that? We should start a decency party. Let's do that. I'm voting decency in 2020. So I don't know. I don't know what to do. I just don't. I don't know what. I don't. I just feel compromised either way. Either place I lean. So that's why I didn't do a podcast for so long. That's, that's my story. Anyway, let's get to the fun part of the podcast. Anyway, uh, let's get, let's get onto the, the stuff, man. I have, uh, whoo, Tesla stock is killing it for me. Tesla stock is killing it, baby. Dude, come on. Elon's like my new favorite guy. Now I'm recording this, uh, and, and yesterday, um, yesterday we ended up, we ended up, where do we end up? Tesla was down 20%. If I told you how much money I lost yesterday, you would be, you'd be like, oh, 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 what? Um, cause it was a lot of money. I have a, Tesla has become my largest holding. Uh, by far. And a lot of people would say you need to diversify. But um, I have a problem with the logic of like, here's a stock doing really well. Let me get rid of it. Especially when I originally got into the stock to go mega long, right? Like, like I'm, I'm 10 to 30 years on this stock. Like that's my play here. I'm very long on Tesla and what they become. Because I believe they're a technology company on wheels, 
right? So when people say, oh, they're trading, the, the forward earnings are a, 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 tr a trillion, I wouldn't be afraid if they were really literally a trillion because um, uh, what people got to understand is that going, it's like, it's, it's why I believe in the Kemper. If you have a better way of doing something, then the only, the only issue then becomes convincing people, right? And I've seen with the Kemper, it's like we made a solution 10 years ago, but I still see people adopting it today like it's the most amazing thing. It's because a lot of times it's harder to get people to realize the technology is better than it is to make a better thing. And it's very difficult to make the better thing. But that's to speak to how difficult it is for the better thing to get people to get on board with it. So, you know, I'm like really, really long on, on Tesla. And so when all of a sudden they shoot up and people tell me get out, well, then I go, well, you're just asking me to time it. You're asking me to get out and then try and get back in. Cause I, I still want to invest in Tesla at the future. And they're like, but you could, but you know, it's going to correct. Right. And I'm like, but then I'm speculating, right? I'm day trading and I don't necessarily want to do that on this stock because my position's long. So I have conviction about it. I have conviction about it. I'll tell you the number one thing. I could get into the tech. I could tell you why I think Tesla is going to own three to four of the most valuable patents of the next several decades, uh, specifically around batteries and energy storage. I could explain to you that California's largest problem right now with the power grid is storage capacity. They don't have it. They're actually, in California, they're turning off people's power in a sort of pattern just to save energy because they, they are, they're making so much solar in the daytime, but people are running, uh, uh, AC and stuff at night in the off peak hours. They don't have enough ability to store energy during the day to then distribute it back at night. There's one company that has home solutions for that. And, and it's, and California is the largest market for Tesla's power wall solution. People are tired of getting their power turned off. They're tired of having blackouts and brownouts and everything in California. And so in luxury homes, it's a requested feature. It's good. It's, I would do it for my house. To be honest, we have tornadoes here and lightning and it takes out the grid. And, uh, I mean, it's to take out the grid. It takes it out for hours at a time. There's an amount of money I would pay to get rid of that nuisance. There's an amount of money I would pay for when the inevitable happens and a tornado comes through and does real damage in Nashville or in Franklin where I live or whatever. And then you have the power company working overtime to restore power to tens of thousands of people, but they can't do it all in one day. Guess what? I'm going to be generating my, I'm going to scale back my power usage, of course, um, because I may not be able to produce and store everything I need. But at that point, I'm going to, I would like to have solar and a power wall so that I can generate, I can pull back my usage, generate power during the day, and then keep food and uh, keep essentials going and have power. You know what I mean? That's it. That might become a problem when I need to use my, my car, but I have one gas car. So, um, I could explain that. I mean, uh, we could get into, uh, we could get into, um, how I think that SpaceX, um, has an amount of, I don't, I think that SpaceX, the patents that SpaceX and Virgin Galactic are going to get from their discoveries while trying to go to space. I mean, think about it. NASA went to space. They invented so much stuff, tons, but it wasn't protected in the private market. It was in, it was open right? To everybody. People could see this technology, plastics, dipping dots, 
insulation, all sorts of things, right? Styrofoam, all these things invented by NASA. Well, what happens though is that um, now that space travel has gone to uh, private industry, I would invest in SpaceX if I could, but I can't. So I do think that a lot of these products are going to come to market via Tesla. And one of those is already happening. It's already been announced, and it's the SpaceX version of the Roadster, which has the SpaceX air propulsion cannon, which is 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 the equivalent of 0 to 60 in 0.3 seconds. Now, the air propulsion cannon is not going to work on a still on a car that's not moving because if you activate it it would punch through the car. You have to be going already. But it's so powerful they needed to add thrusters to the car to make it stay on the ground. That's how powerful it is. Air and electricity is what's powering these cars now. So all that, but I'll tell you the real thing is the real reason I'm super, super long on Tesla is that my son, all his favorite YouTubers, they always do these videos and stuff where they go around their house and they all drive Teslas. And he thinks a Tesla's cool because they have one and he thinks dad's car is cool because dad has one. And he asks me these questions. Why doesn't mom's car, which is a Toyota Sienna, why doesn't mom's car have YouTube? Or he says, dad, I wish mom's car has had YouTube like your, like your Tesla. And I'm like, yeah, dude. And then he goes, why doesn't it? And I go, Oliver, that is, that is the most insightful question. Why doesn't it? Toyota has the largest profit margins of any car company in the world. <laughs> Why don't they realize what's about what's happening? Ford's done. Ford's done. They're not coming back. Ford invested in Rivian and um, uh, they're going to take Rivian technology. They're going to water it down. They're going to put it in the F-150. But um, Tesla might not be the one that takes the truck market. Tesla's already grabbing so much market share. It's silly. It's silly the market share that they've grown in the last 24 months, which is another thing. Everyone looks at it. Well, they have to grow at this percentage and this percentage. Have you seen what the number one rated car company in terms of customer satisfaction is in America? It's Tesla. Have you seen the car company that has that, that all of their vehicles score in the very top, uh, uh, highway safety patrol, there, they, what, there's only one manufacturer that every car has the highest uh, uh, tier of scores. They're in the highest bracket. Only one car company could say, all of our cars are, are the safest cars in America. Because in that top bracket, they don't say which is actually safer than each other. It's just these are, this is the top safety bracket. Every Tesla's in that bracket. Every Tesla, you literally could not buy a Tesla and make a case that there's another car that's safer. Maybe you could say the Cybertruck has more mass than the Model 3. So you got one car company that started way after everybody else. They are the only ones who have domestic production in China. So when the inevitable trade war with China happens, and it's happening already, it's growing. They're the only people that aren't paying tariffs to send a car into China, which is the second biggest auto market in the world. They're making the cars there. 
they have number one, they're the number one rated car company in terms of customer satisfaction. And they're the fastest growing car company in America. And so then people go, well, what a ridiculous bet that a car company is going to be able to grab all this market share. And they're, and they're growing they're, the In 2020, Tesla may put as many cars on the road in 2020 as they, as they have done in the first seven or eight years of their existence. When I bought my Tesla, 500,000 Teslas on the road. In 2020, it's going to be close. They probably are only going to get to like 400 or mid fours. But if they really rock and roll the rest of the year, which is looking like they might do, we're going to see in the next numbers, they could hit, they could hit half a million more cars on the road in a single year. Uh, and you got every analyst out there comparing them to their peers. There is no peer. There is no peer because there's no man, there's no automaker in the United States uh, that's been started in the last 60 years or something. And there's not a global one that has like market share in the United States that hasn't been started in the past 30 or 40 years. 40, I think. Toyota, I think, is that old. It, the idea that that this is not the huge disruptor. I mean, Ford's going to go out of business when because they're not going to change fast enough on the truck market. The truck market will be the last one to get forward, but it's just going to take one kick butt truck. Look, I'm not that old. I remember when no one wanted a Japanese truck and now everyone points out how good Nissan and Toyota trucks are. And all they did was underprice their vehicles. All they did was feature for feature outdo the F-150 and, uh, uh, and the GNC, uh, I forget the, the name of that truck. Anyway, Hey, America still makes a good truck, but one's going to have Netflix and one isn't. That's it. Even if you don't go electric with it. The car manufacturers are so behind on their user experience, and I don't talk to one single Tesla owner who ever entertains buying a different car. I mean, maybe they want like a Lamborghini, but that's a different, that's like just a, that's just a floss, you know? So I'm long on this long but elon look i can't fault the guy he has been making me a lot a lot a lot of money he's been making me a lot of money and um i really appreciate that now yesterday i lost a lot of money but as far as i can tell the stock is still the equivalent of um what's that times five uh 17 today pre-split price would be 1750 I have a pretty big cost. I think my, I'd have to go look at my overall cost basis on the stock, but I bought in at 300, at 500, at 700, at 900. I bought in at 1300 and I did buy some, I bought some around 16, I think. And then my most recent purchase, I bought like four shares at $2,000. Oh no, I bought four shares at the, when it was like, when it split and went to 500, the equivalent of that. But mo dude, Tesla's like tech on wheels, brother. Anyway, the real reason I believe in him, my son is convinced until SpaceX is not launching rockets, which looks like they're going to be launching rockets for the next 20 or 30 years. Uh, astronauts are always going to go to rockets in Teslas. And I saw an article on Facebook the other day 
who was running, it was like, how much car, how much luxury car can you really afford? And it wasn't a Benz and it wasn't a BMW. It was, it was, it was a, uh, it was a Model S and it looks so good in the photo. And when I saw that, I went, whoa, and it was Insider. And I went, Insider is not in the business of, I mean, they've, they know what car gets, gets likes and clicks and impressions. The status symbol has changed. Dave Ramsey says, uh, the paid off home mortgage is a status symbol. I'm living in the world where millennials are wearing Apple watches when they can afford Rolexes. You know how many of my, of my friends back home are software devs and, uh, are entrepreneurs and are worth a lot of money. And the amount of Rolexes compared to my dad's generation is not there. They could afford it. They could put the $10,000. They could literally, they, they want to look good. They can put the, but they don't do it with a watch anymore. They do, they, you know why? Because, because this is my, this is one of my theses on investing. German engineering is out. User experience is in. No one's concerned that the Apple watch becomes obsolete in a couple of years and that you have to buy another one. No one's concerned. No one's concerned. They would rather pay for the user experience than a finely tuned piece of machinery like a Rolex. And I'm a Rolex fan. I do not own one. But uh, one day I plan to. One day I would just want to be an old dude with a Rolex, you know? Old school, like 80s Rolex, and I'd get a big phone, and I'm just going to be walking around, sell, 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 sell. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that's it, man. That's it. Okay, because uh, because we're on a, because this is supposed to be like a Kemper podcast, it's really not. Um, and that's why I kind of keep it on the other channel. Um, but because it's supposed to be a Kemper thing, um, let me just, uh, let me just say one thing. I got a question from a guy about Spitif and, uh, Spitif is like a digital thing that you can do. So it's where you don't use the analog, the digital converter. So you're eliminating, it's a digital connection that you can go Spitif to Spitif in your, um, in your, uh, basically directly into the DAW. Uh, through your your interface. So the idea is you take your guitar, which is an analog signal, you bring it in, you use that one converter because you have to use a converter. So you're using the converter in the front of the Kemper and then you're not converting it anymore. It stays a digital signal. We don't convert it back to analog, which ends up being, um, you know, the converter on the back of the Kemper, converting it back to like a sound signal. And then, and then we convert it uh, again back to digital when we go into the interface, right? Because every time it goes through an audio cord, it's got to be an analog signal. It's got to be an electric pulse, right? But then we got to convert it so that we can see a digital thing so on our on our digital units, right? So there's all these converters. So we got to go analog to digital to go in. Then, we got, then we're digital. Then we got to go digital to analog, run along the cable, and then digital to analog again uh, at the interface to bring it in and record it. Uh, in in the DAW, well, a lot of people have opinions about why this is, about you know sound quality and stuff. I'm just going to tell you right now, I don't have an opinion on Spitif that much because I think it's not practical. I, here's my thing: I want to be able to take my Kemper and plug it in, whether I'm live, whether I'm plugging it into a speaker here at the house, um, like what like like my Kemper cabs, or whether I'm um, in a studio. And I want that tone to be consistent. So um, to me, what I would much rather do is make sure that I'm not using an interface that's cheap 
or, um, or anything like that. So I would just upgrade my interface to one I'm happy with. And that's what I would tell everyone to do. You can, I do not believe you can hear the sonic signature of interfaces today um, if they're high quality. And on a lot of units, there it, most of them do not have uh, a preamp running. A lot of units will, a lot of higher end units will not have a preamp running. Um, and um, what a lot of people don't know is if there is a preamp, the preamps are less effective when you are use when your gain is lower on those. Uh, um, like uh, uh, if you have like an M audio or a focus, right? Just juice up your signal from the Kemper and keep the gain at almost minimum on the focus right or something, and you're getting almost none of that preamp. You're not really getting a sonic signature from the preamp. It's still gonna be there, but that preamp actually boosts low signal. By turning up the gain, you're getting more of it. So you're getting more of it boosting. So you're gonna get more of what it's doing. So I would tell people, buy a better interface, one that you're happy with. Like buy a better interface, um, because to me, the problem is if you start going spit if out and then you start going in other scenarios, I don't want a change in my sound. I know I'm saying there's not a big change in the sound, but then I'm saying, but I worry about a change in the sound. No, I'm saying that fix the problem. Don't try to find a workaround. If you want to use spit if, spit if's cool. Some people tell me they're having all these problems with spit if. I don't, I, don't, I don't have any desire to troubleshoot it because I don't really see the benefit that much. So for me... I want to be able to go quarter inch or XLR and not think about it. The whole point of going digital was to make life easier and have better tone, right? Like I'm not after a Dumble, I'm not after a $50,000 handmade tube thing because German engineering, right? I don't care if you print a circuit board in China and build it in Germany. Uh, it's funny. I'm saying out with German engineering. The Kemper is literally German engineering, but I want a better experience, you know, like, like it's back to this. The Rolex is beautiful. It's incredible that we came up with the Oyster Perpetual that can go for as long as it goes, but you got to wind it up. It doesn't check my email and I ain't mad at that. It is a great thing, but that that also doesn't mean I'm going to wear it every day or want it. Again, I don't have a Rolex, but I just, uh, I started watching some YouTube videos about Rolexes and I told myself one day I'm going to get one of those. Not like the $30,000 ones, but they have Rolexes for like five grand. I think they're cool. It'd be cool. It'd be cool. Maybe when I'm a billionaire, when I take over the world, after I'm done profiling the world, I plan to take it over. No, man. I mean, that's, that's it. Uh, that's it, man. I feel like, um, I feel like we're covering a lot of heavy topics, investing morality, but that's Tone Junkie podcast, man. And that's why I have it on this other channel. It really is. And that's why, you know, I appreciate people keeping up with it and stuff. Um, but now that I'm back, um, I do want to get a little more, uh, structured with like some of the, um, want to get a little more structured with some of the, uh, like segments. Like, I, I think we should always do some Kemper or digital tone thing and then just talk about other things, you know, but the podcast has always just been a place for me to like get things off my mind. And a lot of times that's Kemper related and I always try to bring it back. 
Um, so that's where we are. I did have this other thought I want to share with you guys. Um, and I, I've always had this thing that bothered me and it was about dogs. Um, so it's, it's actually more about dog parents. So sometimes, you know, like when you have a kid and you like having a, like you're going through something like you're like, Oh, they keep, they keep grabbing stuff, but like they're too young to discipline them, you know, but like they have no impulse control. They're just trying to grab things. And I'm like, no, don't do that. And you like wave a finger. And then you're like, but should I wave a finger? And you get all in your head. And then, you know, the whole gaslighting stuff, people are like waving a finger is child abuse. And then you're like, I didn't mean to abuse my child. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like I did. I mean, I'm open to not doing it again, but it doesn't, I don't feel like an abuser. And then they're like, you're what's wrong with the world. Ah. And then you're like, I actually, I think you're insane. Um, that's, that's pretty much how, uh, that's, that's, that's my perception of how of many interactions I, I see today and I experience today. Um, Stu G's calling me. I got to call him back. So what that leads me then to is I go, I started thinking about this and I had this, I had two things happen. I had somebody say one time this, this most, this insane thing. And, um, and I told somebody about this interaction I had, it was my brother's, my brother-in-law's girlfriend was like, they have a dog together, even though they broke up, which is like, can you just please make better choices in your life? You split custody of a dog with your ex-girlfriend and now you have to continue to see your ex-girlfriend while she dates other people and you're heartbroken because you split a corgi? Look, I don't even know how to give you advice because I would just never end up in your situation. You know when people ask you, like, what would you do? I'd be like, to be honest, this is so. this is down a path so far down, like there's been so many things I would have done differently. It's really difficult for me to even put myself in this position. Like, but what would you do if you were David Blaine and you had encased yourself in ice for four days and the world record was like 10 hours away, but then you fell short of breath? What would you do? I'd be like, I, no, I just can't even, like I honestly, I'm putting myself there and I'm going, no, I can't tell you honestly whether I would do one or the other. I just, I never would have gotten there. So, uh, she said to us one time, she said to me and my wife, she was like, well, um, like we have dog father parents. I was like, oh, dog father. That's funny. Like godfather parents, like who would take the dog if something happened to you? Cause you're broken up and you're both in the same place all the time. How, what's, what's something gonna happen to both of you anyway? Um, and she said, you know, cause we need like Godfather parents and we had to be really like, you know, we chose so-and-so because, you know, you gotta have Godfather parents. Cause it's like, um, it's, it's way harder for people to just take on a dog than like a, than like a baby. And we were like, wait, what, <laughs> what did you say? It's harder to take a dog. And they're like, yeah, like people can just take on a baby, but like, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to find someone to take on a dog. And I'm thinking like, we, people, anybody could just take a baby. I mean, anybody could take a dog if you throw a dog at them. If you just throw a dog at them, someone's going to hold their arms down and catch a dog and be like, what the, why'd you throw this dog at me? I mean, if you give someone a baby, they're like, I don't know how to raise a baby. It's a, it, anyway, in her mind, uh, raising the dog was harder for some reason. So 
then I was talking to my buddy and I told him about this and I was like, you know, it's, I was like, the problem is, and, and he was like, dude, raising a baby's way, way easier or uh, way harder, excuse me. And I was like, yeah, I was like, the thing about babies is it's way harder, but then eventually a baby moves out. Dogs just keep going. I mean, dogs die somewhere around before a baby would move out of the house. Like, you know, babies go for like 75 years, but eventually they're like 18 and they move out. Dogs like die at like 15 or 12 or whatever. And their legs go out and it's just a whole thing. And then, you know, you might put them down. You'd never put down your kid. That's a morbid thought. Um, but you go to this point where uh, I started saying to the guy, I said, you know, the problem though with dogs is not all dogs' fault. Like, because do dog kids get easier as they grow up, like in certain things. Like, you don't have to keep caring for them in the same way that you have to keep caring for a dog. But dogs just plateau. They're a puppy that poops on the floor and eats everything and chews everything. Basically, you can teach them to stop a couple of the annoying things they do, like chew on everything. And you can teach them to go poo outside or on like a paper you put down, like one of those dog mats or, or in like a, uh, you know, like a little, a little doggy area to go, go, go number two and number one. But that's about it. We never really ask dogs to do more for themselves. And I thought about it and I thought this now here's an animal who is very loyal and that's why we keep them for uh for pets but these poor things are have evolved to eat stuff eat other animals i mean they'll hunt birds they'll go after they use hunting dogs they'll go now i know all breeds have lost abilities and stuff because some are bigger and smaller and different things but all dogs come from wolves dogs a long time ago basically hitched their evolutionary wagon right to us and i say evolution in the scientific sense i don't if you're a creationist you know, me too, but, uh, but whatever. I just, for the purpose of discussion, right? Like dogs haven't been surviving in the wild. There's not like wild dogs, right? There's wolves and then wolves, like does all dogs ascend from wolves and then different humans just started breeding dogs and different stuff. So dogs have really dumped on the, jumped on the human train of, uh, uh, you know, of evolution here where we go, they're going, you know, if we like develop into robots, we're going to like make them into robots too. Right. If we like give ourselves like, like if, if we're like, oh, we can now keep you alive until like humans, right? We invent penicillin and then all of a sudden, uh, uh, you know, we can keep humans alive a lot longer. We have surgeries that get rid of cancer and stuff. We do that for dogs. Now dogs were like, I want on this train. Y'all look like, you know what, we're, what you're doing. Dogs used to be like horses when it's sick. It's not useful when, when a horse is sick or it's lame you look at a horse and you're like, you're no longer useful as a living thing. What's useful to you, what's useful now about you is your meat. You are now dead. If you ain't useful in your life, <laughs> you'll be useful to me in your death. But dogs don't have that. I don't know, unless you like eat dog, which hey, hey, where are my Korean dudes at? No, I'm kidding. That's offensive. I apologize. Um, that's offensive. I didn't mean that. That's only the North Koreans. <laughs> that was the joke, by the way. I didn't mean to. Sorry. I wasn't saying Korean people eat dogs. The joke was, I should have said, where are my North Koreans at? Um, the joke there was that, if you don't know, um, North Korea actually recently said that dogs were a form of um, 
uh, Western decadence and ordered that dogs be turned into local restaurants. And the rumor was they were actually doing that because of the food shortage, but they were kind of giving this reason like uh, dogs are like not, you know, are bad. They're a for and only these rich North Koreans who wish they were Westernized had dogs. So get rid of the dogs. So I should have said, where are my North Koreans at? That was the thing of the joke. Um, my pa I wasn't trying to offend any, any Korean people. Hmm. That dead pedal coffee. And so, um, you know, dogs are really hitched on here and now we're like keeping dogs alive. You know, we're like, oh, my dog has cancer. Let me give it surgery. A dog could have never invented surgery. It doesn't even have thumbs. Which made me think then, well, wait a minute. We, we, here's our problem with dogs. We're designing a world where dogs can't do more for themselves. Like dogs could go out and get food. They could go out and hunt. And we train dogs to do all sorts of crazy things. Like you're always like, it's always like, oh, you got to feed the dog every day. You got to take the dog out. We have a doggy door where they can get in and out. But why do we have that? It's because we have a door that only we can operate because we don't want the dog operating the door. But if you give a dog a doggy door, it can go in and out, right? But, you know, it's like, could the dog, could you, like, could you ask the dog to do its own shopping? Could you put a little, like, Apple Pay collar on the dog and go, hey, bro, go to the store and get your food. Like, when the food runs out, go get your food. Like, you could teach a dog to do that. And it could, like, just run down the street right? You could teach the dog to like stay in the lines, like, like a bike lane, but there's like dog stay in the bike lane. It just like stays in the bike lane. And it like runs down. If you're watching the, the video edition, for some reason, I feel the need to like mock like my front legs, my front hands are legs. Like I'm a dog running on all fours. So I'm just going to keep doing that. But these, you know, you just run, you just go and go and you're a dog and you go. And then what if there's a doggy door there, but maybe you don't need it because the motion sensor door, if it picks up a dog, like if the, if the sensor is that, that good, that it goes all the way to the floor, then, then we already have a door that works. What if it could just walk in and it could just stand there or go into a little harness, nestle its head in. And then all of a sudden it's now a dog. It has like a rickshaw attached to it, right? Like a little two wheel thing and a little, and it goes on the dog's back. It like attaches the dog's back. So imagine a dog pulling a rickshaw. So now it's pulling some, one of its favorite foods and you could have given it its three favorite foods, right? It go, it, each of the foods is out on the floor or out in a little dog cup. It sniffs one of the foods, eats that one. This is the one I want. And then gets in its, the rickshaw that's pre-built with the dog food. And then it brings it home, right? And then you get home and then, uh, you know, what if it just, uh, what if then the owner just just put the rick the thing, or we totally automated and we and we put it in a little machine that that pulls out however much food it needs for that day? See, the problem is really and what where dogs are having a hard time is we we designed this world to really need thumbs, and dogs don't have thumbs, but they've got a lot of skills, you know. And then uh, when you want the the, the dog, um, what if? And then here's the thing: what if you just built the Apple Pay thing? Uh, onto the rickshaw so that when you went there, uh, maybe even someone just filled up your, your personal rickshaw and then you just, the dog just like brings its little rickshaw. You could have a, you know, a rickshaw with YouTube built in or a rickshaw with GPS tracking. So if your dog decides to go to someone else's house or gets lost, you know, um, and that would be that, I mean, that would be, that would be good, right? 
So, I mean, I just feel like dogs are getting a bad rap because like they could get easier to care for. Like we could look at a dog and it'd be a puppy like rolling around, like begging you for food. And you'd be like, ha ha, look at this puppy. He doesn't even know how to go to the store and shop for himself. Then you see some old dog and he like, he like sees your snack and he like looks at it, but he walks up with his QR code scanner on his collar and he like scans the bag. And then all of a sudden Amazon delivers that right to the dog's house. He's like, I don't beg. I'm a, I'm a dog with class. You know, I have self-respect, but if you have a, if I see a snack, I like, I'm going to QR code snack that, uh, I'm going to QR code scan that. And my dog and my, my, uh, you know, my owner already had Amazon prime set up to deliver this. Now it's going to get delivered. You know, then the dog doesn't even need to go to the store. See, if you don't want dogs begging, you know, don't turn them into beggars. We need to celebrate dog abilities. We need a te- what we need is a Tesla for dogs. You know, somebody that can just, we need an Elon hound, like the dog that changes the world or one of us needs to do it for the dogs. You know, they're on our, they're on our train. You know, we've got dog, we've got vets. We've got dog doctors that are people, you know, dogs need, uh, they need to have some self-respect. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not going to say that like sniffing each other's butts is degrading, but stop begging for food. All right, go get yours. You know what I mean? Could we train dogs to do deliveries like for Amazon? I don't know. I doubt it. Maybe. But, um, you know, look, I mean, we got dogs that know how to do stuff, right? In like dots, dotion training. Dachshund training, which is like the German training for, um, for, uh, like canines for German shepherds. I mean, we got dogs with skills. We just need to stop discriminating against dogs because of their thumbs, their lack of thumbs. That's ableism. That's thumbism. How dare you? You know, I mean, look, they're selling dog healthcare. We need to get that dog a job. How about a dog that's trained to walk other dogs? Like, how about a dog that we put a little, like, we put like some little like VR glasses on him and and it like maps out a route for him. And then he's like, no, dog, you are, you're on me. I'm the lead dog. Tie, tie some dogs to me. I'm going to go to the house. Somebody, I hook up my rickshaw, you know, uh, strap to your rickshaw strap. Now we're bringing stuff around. You know, we're going around. I mean, we already got dogs that can be trained across the street for people that we're using dogs for people who don't have eyes and we aren't letting one pro dog walk the other dogs. If you're in the dog walking industry, I'm sorry. I'm about to, I'm about to wreck your business. A dog is about to work. A dog will work for like a a biscuit. Okay. The whole dog walking economy is about to get turned on its head here. It's just about, I'm, I'm still here. You thought the podcast ended. It's just about thumbs, man. It's just about thumbs. We got to stop putting thumbs as a requirement to be an American. That's right. Dog citizenship. That's where this is going. 
one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all, including dogs. That's my that's that's my slogan. I'm voting. You know what? I'm voting for a dog. Mm-hmm. I'm voting for a dog. Yep. You know why? Because if you brought a dog to the border where they're separating those families, he'd just run in and start licking people. They'd be like, but President Elp. They'd be like, but but President Dog. Uh President Dog, what's going on? You, you, these people broke the law. And then he'd lick that person's face. And that person would be like, oh, this dog. He'd just cheer everybody up. You know what I mean? He would just cheer everybody up. And he'd be like, listen, y'all. I know you're advancing everything with your, with your thumbs. I know y'all are think you got everything figured out. Because you invented penicillin and you got thumbs. But have you tried just licking each other's faces? It's, it's, it really makes friends out of foes, you know? And maybe there's something to that. Maybe if we forego elections and we just get like, what if we just got Joe Biden and Donald Trump together and we just said, okay, listen, you got to get together right now. You need to lick each other's faces. They'd be like, absolutely not. I'm not doing that. But if you, if you, we made them lick each other's faces in front of all 330 Americans, they would have a common bond, wouldn't they? They would be, it'd be, there'd be one other person in America who had to go do this, this sort of humiliating, silly thing, right? And they'd have that in common. And no ma- even though they disagree about everything else, man, they would really have that in common. Right? It'd be like, Joe, I seriously hope you don't have a job in November. I hope you're unemployed and you go away and we don't hear from you again. And he'd be like, Donald... I hope that America can recover from the absolute garbage can fire you have been running for the last four years. Like, I mean, they, they would just go into each other like that. But at the end, they'd be like, but remember that time we had to lick each other's faces? Ha, 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 ha. So, man, in that way, I'm really wondering if dogs have figured it out. Dogs are like, hey, let's get on the bandwagon of these dudes with thumbs. But let's teach them how to lick some faces. You know what I'm saying? Let's just let's just show them. You don't know anybody better than if you sniff their butt and lick their face. Some people call that marriage. I call it a better way to live. Dog 2020. I think that's where we're at. Dog 2020. Not Dog the Bounty Hunter. He has actually had, he said some things that I don't think, I don't think are going to fit well, you know, he had a show canceled because he started using some words that were hurtful to people. And, uh, 
don't, I don't, you know, I still like the show, but uh, pretty much disappeared. You can't really find it anywhere. They actually, he actually brought back that show, but it wasn't called Dog the Bounty Hunter. It was something like Dog Law and Order, like another station picked them up later. Like he went from A&E's Dog the Bounty Hunter. He, he used a racial slur, got canceled. I think he disappeared for like two years and then he came back on like True TV. You know, and they they couldn't call it Dog the Bounty Hunter, but he still owned the name Dog the Bounty Hunter, but they couldn't call it that show. So they had to name it like Dog Law and Justice or something. And um, yeah. Yeah, so I'm into it. I'm into it. Dog 2020. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I'm going to get Stu, I'm going to call Michael Britt and Stu G, um, and, um, a couple other of my friends here in town and we're going to start, I'm going to start trying to have like once a week, um, or once every other week, like a, a guest on the podcast and then we'll still do this and, uh, I'm going to try and do a once a week, uh, podcast and, um, for your listening entertainment, maybe it'll be an hour, maybe it'll be shorter. I don't know. We're just experimenting, uh, on YouTube. You can find this on the tone junkie podcast channel. Uh, or you can find it wherever you download your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening to the Tone Junkie podcast. We appreciate it. Got some new packs coming out. And uh, this weekend, it's going to be the uh, the 70s Marshall pack. The 70s Mars, like Mars Rock pack. And it's a 72 Super Lead and a 73 Super Bass. And these things are absolute rock and roll. And then we got some Dumble stuff coming up. We just did the Dumbles 2204, and that's been a killer, killer pack. We love it. I love it. And uh, Tesla is up uh, 4.5%, almost 5 They were up almost 10% earlier, but they've come down. Uh, but they're up for the day. Green is good. Green is good. Red is bad, unless you're trying to build a position. And then red ain't bad at all. But I'm pretty solid in my position. I'm not going to be buying any more Tesla for a little while. Until, and you know, maybe I will, but I've done enough building. I actually need to invest in other things to keep my portfolio diversified. I don't, I don't wish to sell right now on, on, on any of this news. I'm long on Tesla and uh, quite honestly, I got balls of steel when it comes to this. Uh, I'm 30 years out. I'm 30 years out on this. Or, I mean, if the situation changes in 20 years, but they, they have a long way to go. They, this, this stock is a good stock. I don't know that we're going to see the growth like we've seen, but I got in on some good numbers. So that's where we are. I'm looking for some other good numbers. I'm long on Virgin Galactic, by the way. Virgin Galactic, I think, is a steal right now. I bought it on some Virgin Galactic at 23 bucks, and I've been buying as it goes down. And I've got some down at 16 bucks and stuff to try and bring my cost basis down. So I'm going to end up with a cost basis there, I think, somewhere around $18. Uh, and we're a little below that right now, but I think, but Virgin Galactic is a $40, $50 stock easily, easily, easily. They're burning cash, but they're about to start sending some people to space and there's a lot of demand. There's a lot of demand. I want to go to space and and they're going to send YouTubers to space and it's going to take off. Everyone's going to want to go to space. Not everyone's going to be able to afford it, but the costs are going to come down. And eventually we're going to see middle-class people saving up. And instead of taking a $50,000 vacation to Europe or a $30,000 thing, you're going to have upper middle-class people going, we want a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. We've been saving up. Here's my retirement gift to myself. I'm going to space. I'm going to space. Or uh, got a big bonus at work. We've been saving up. We're going to space. 
We're going to space. 50K a ticket to go to space. That's coming, guys. That's coming. It's starting out at 250. But y'all, I remember when 720 flat screen TVs, LED, sorry, LCD flat screen TVs. I remember when they were five and six thousand dollars. 40 inch 720 screens. You cannot even find that screen right now. It would be so cheap today. The cheapest stuff you can buy, you could buy that TV today for under $300. And it ain't because of inflation. It ain't because of inflation because that TV should still be $1,500, $2,000. It should still be high. We haven't seen that much inflation since the early 2000s, right? Not in 20 years, we haven't. So here we go. All right, we're back up 5% on Tesla. We're uh, we're above 5%. It looks like a little, I don't know, who, who knows. If you want to know, I think Tesla's going to correct to the 50-day 50, 50 uh, moving average. And then uh, it's going to hit some resistance there. Stay above that. Keep going up. Anyway, we're going to see. Thanks so much for listening. HW.